Hello, and welcome to The Plants We Eat, that incredible show where we test and talk about all the incredible plants that we humans use for food. Actually, I say we humans use for food. One of these days, we are going to test out some foods that I think animals eat, because why not? I'm good. You're, 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 okay. <laughs> My I name don't need is, to forage my for name, food. <laughs> my name is Jeff Gilman. I'm here with Cindy Proctor, and um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about the king of fruits today, the king of fruits. You know, when I the king of fruits to me is uh, watermelon because it's, it's so it's big, big. But uh, this isn't anything like watermelon. No, nothing at all. Uh, Vincent McComb recommended this, by the way. Okay, um, I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't done. Uh, Durian. Durian is the king of fruits. We're actually surprised we haven't done durian yet because it is such a well-known uh, food. You've probably seen shows about that food that just smells really, really terribly and people talk about how awful it is. Well, that is the food we're going to talk about today. It's the fruit we're going to talk about today. It is durian and I have in front of me and Cindy has in front of me and Josh has in front of him a piece of durian candy. Just the, so you all know. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about why you don't have the fruit. Sure. I don't have the fruit because I didn't get by the store. Okay. <laughs> I mean, real, that really is But it also saved us a, a logistic problem that uh, happens when you do have the fruit that, by the way, is outlawed in it, some countries. It, <laughs> <laughs> the problem is that the stuff smells. And it smells very strongly, very badly. I have had uh, fresh—I shouldn't say fresh durian. I should say it was, it was shipped here. But I have had uh, durian as a fruit. And I have to say— that the smell is very, very strong, but the flavor is not as bad as the smell, but it is it is similar. Um, I have eaten more than one spoonful. I mean, one spoonful didn't turn me off. And, and I, I honestly, I believe that uh, most of the people who go, ah, it's terrible, that's terrible, are overemphasizing. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying the people who say it's bad are going a little bit overboard. Well, you either love it or you hate it. And one of the best recipes uh, that I saw was that you put the filling in rice paper and fry it. That might be. That might and be it good. was because what's unique, unlike any other fruit, really, is that it has a custard uh, yes. texture to it. it and, has. and that's what's so, you know, interesting about it. And I think it's very uh, a comforting type food mm -hmm. if you can get past the smell. Isn't that crazy to say in, two, in, a, in the same sentence? You know? it, it, it is. Um, the custard is actually a little bit like pawpaw in terms mm -hmm. of the, in terms of the um, mouth feel. Uh, it does have a, a real good custardy uh, texture. It's the flavor. All right, well, let's go. Let's let's try it out. Now, while you're chewing that, can I give you my opinion? Please, go ahead, because okay. you had to try it before we even yeah, got it. I did. It. I tried it before the both of you did, and the first thought I had was a kerosene smell, mm -hmm. and then it went away, mm -hmm. and then it just wasn't pleasant. Like, it just was chewing flavorless taffy. Have um, you ever... Uh, or peculiar tasting taffy. Yeah, my I say kerosene smell is spot on. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the smell is almost spot on with durian. A mm -hmm. little bit milder because it's in that candy form, mm -hmm. but it's spot on. The flavor is also extremely similar. Um, excuse me, no surprise. Um, <laughs> I'm suffering uncontrollable salivation right now. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I heard one person describe it as um, rotten. Uh, Rotten onion surrounded by smelly socks. And I think that's pretty close. All right. I like the kerosene smell mm -hmm. analogy. It does that... have kerosene. A little bit of onion, but kerosene, okay. oniony. Okay. Yeah. Josh, what do you think? I can definitely taste oniony. Mm -hmm. I, I would be, the, I, it's hard to describe just at all. It's, it's the most unique flavor I think I've ever had. 
Is it good or bad? Um, I would say bad. <laughs> I'm not like it's not like oh I want to get this out of my mouth mm-hmm. right away. But it's, I'm going to finish the pieces in my mouth, but I'm I'm not going to go back to it. I I can't give you uh, tempt you with the rest of these no. durian candies. <laughs> you're, you're, we're not going to overdo it. No, this no this holiday on durian candy. No, this is the. Um, I did have a piece of candy when I first got it. Um, I've had a few pieces now, and um, it's not something I will ever go out of my way for. But I'm I'm glad I tried it, and I'm glad I tried the fruit. Uh, but now that you guys have tried this, honestly, unless you want to taste the custardy texture, there's no reason to try them. Well, if you eat one fruit, you will get your entire um, daily nutritional requirement of fiber. Really. 23 grams. I'm really surprised. Wow. And uh, it's naturally rich in iron, vitamin C, potassium, improves muscle strength, skin health, and even lowers your blood pressure. Oh, wow. But that's 23 grams of fiber. That's uh, fascinating. That's a lot. So in other words, it'll keep you regular. So superfruit, it, it is a superfruit in, in that regard. I mean, it, it's very healthy for you. You can't overdo it, and I don't think there's a risk of that. No. <laughs> Of so you know, let's 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 talk about the tree a little bit okay. because some people may not know about it. The tree is native to Borneo and Sumatra, mm-hmm. and it is a really big tree. By the way, there are thirty different uh, species of, mm-hmm. of durian. Nine of those, or about nine, produce edible fruit. There is only one species used commercially. Obviously, what we what we ate today. Even though durian isn't native to uh, Thailand, Thailand is the big producer. It's not native to Thailand, and you can't drive on public transportation carrying these fruits in Thailand because they smell so bad and they're considered, some people consider them quite offensive, and I can understand that. Now, Cindy, before we came down here today, I showed you, um, in, in the botanical gardens, we do have an old fruit that we keep around just so that people can see what the fruit looks like. Mm-hmm. It's got this really strong outer husk, uh, tough to get into when you first It's beautiful them. in its own way. It is, and it's big. I mean, yeah. the one I showed you is very small. Mm-hmm. It's from two to seven pounds, and this is very... Very scary because these trees can grow up to 150 feet tall. And if it falls from the ground, which is <laughs> how it's harvested, by the way, unless uh, unless it's grown commercially, right? then uh, you get them from when they fall on the ground and hopefully it doesn't hit you in the head. I know. <laughs> can you, well, you saw that thing. Even yeah. that small one, if that thing hit you in the head, right. um, you'd, you'd be dead. So you know what's interesting is it grows best if you're trying to cultivate it in the shade. Really? Well, many young trees. Right. Well, it, it's just and it needs large amounts of water so that it yeah. is a tropical, you mm-hmm. know, tree. And that makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. that they usually get large amounts of water. So the fruit itself, um, I hope we've inspired you to go take a look at them. But these have little bumps all over them. So um, and by bumps, I mean almost spikes. If this thing did fall from a tree, I could just see those spikes just impaling themselves and sticking to your head. Mm-hmm. And like finding a corpse with these spikes stuck. Anyway, um, these are, they have very fragrant flowers um, that are closed during the day and actually open at night. And the funny thing is, people uh, in that region used to think of bats as a pest. And bats will eat a certain amount of these fruits. But actually, these fruits rely on bats for their pollination. They do have self-incompatibility, which actually means that uh, the bats have to go tree to tree, spreading the pollen around, so that you can get so that you can get proper uh, pollination between the different types of trees, and uh, and get fruit set. One of the things that I that I was really interested in this fruit is that it is actually a very dangerous fruit 
to have with alcohol. I don't know if you if you saw that, but there were a couple of papers on it. Um, this this uh, fruit actually has something in it which can inhibit the enzyme that breaks down alcohol, which means that if you have this at the same time that you're drinking, you could potentially uh, poison yourself. Alcohol is more toxic when you're eating durian. So I know that when we started talking about durian uh, at first and how nasty it was, I could tell that some of you uh, were thinking, oh, well, I'll just get my friends drunk and have them try durian. So that's a potentially fatal mistake to make. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> So how does it work exactly? Sure. It inhibits the enzyme that breaks down uh, alcohol. The, uh, the compound in durian that actually does that is diethyl disulfide. Now remember, sulfide, sulfur, actually smells. That's part of what gives durian its really uh, bad smell. So basically you're just drunk forever. Well, <laughs> you say that, but it, it goes beyond that because since you're not breaking down the alcohol, normally we break down alcohol actually quite rapidly. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about how long the effects of alcohol last, we break it down very rapidly. In this situation with the durian, since you'd be breaking it down so slowly, you'd be building up more and more toxins in your system, not clearing them as fast. Mm. And that's, that's the reason it would be so easy to, to overdo it. Mm -hmm. this, this is dangerous to have with alcohol. So, so really don't, don't do okay. it. It's not a funny thing to do. Okay. Despite my former snickering. Um, the other thing that I found that, that, this fascinating about this is the place that I go to get this stuff, um, these these different foods, is the Super G Mart. Usually, mm -hmm. um, it's an international market here in Charlotte. That's I I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I just love it. Anyway, it was absolutely fascinating walking up and down the aisles um, and seeing all the things that are made with Dorian. I saw Dorian ice cream. Obviously, I've got Dorian candy here. You could buy the Dorian fruits. Um, there are durian chips. You can pan fry your durian. There are just all kinds of ways to serve this food. I'm interested in the durian chips. You could have like the satisfaction of a chip, but you wouldn't overdo it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm very tempted by many of these things. Now, you know, Suzanne, my wife, she's, she, uh, I don't think she dives into this deeply as I'm, so she wasn't into buying everything. <laughs> But I think that, you know, over the next few months, I'm probably going to try different durian things. Of course, the problem is that with a lot of these things, you like to have one or two and say, wow, I tried it. And so then they end up laying around your yes, house. Yes. <laughs> anyway, fascinating, fascinating crop, though. In terms of growing it here, what do you think? No, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's pretty enough to, to grow. You're growing it for the fruit. Yeah, and, and it's not, tropical. And it's tropical. And that, that that's a, a tropical is hard to uh, grow here and to produce a fruit. If it was beautiful, then grow it for its beauty. But the plant doesn't smell. Which is a good thing. Yes. Uh, the, the flowers uh, do have yes. a, a pleasant fragrance, but they're only open at night, so it might make the nighttime pleasant. If it will bloom. So, <laughs> if it's happy enough to bloom. So yeah, I think it's worth trying because it is a super fruit and well-known across many other countries, just not ours very much, unless you're well-versed in food. And since it is the king of fruit, and by the way, I call it the king of fruit. There's a queen of fruit also. That's the mangosteen, which we are going to do at some okay. point. But let's come back to the king of fruit. Since it's the king of fruit, um, especially in Asia, this is a very important fruit. And despite that we all said that we didn't find it particularly pleasant, I would say that it's interesting enough that I think that it is worth going out, and if not getting a whole durian, at least trying a durian candy to say that you tried it. This is a fruit 
to try it. At least I, I believe that. Josh, what do you think? Maybe once. Cindy, your thoughts? Yes, I would try it. Right. Maybe, Um, uh, I'm with Josh, uh, maybe once, but, you know, once. Now you can say you tried that fruit. Josh, next time a show comes on TV where they're talking about this, you can say, tried it. No, the (laughs) the Chinese consider it the king of fruit because it has a warming um, effect due to its pungent smell and that that custard consistency. Yeah. And the magazine is uh, a cooling because it's flesh and slightly acidic. So and there you go. We, but that, that's there's a, a science to that that they call their different fruits. But it's, it's a yin and yang in food. But it's more than that. I mean, it's called king of fruit all over the place. But I think it's also because of its size. I yes, mean, it's a big, big fruit. So I, I've got I've got to tell you, I had something happen this past week that I, I was very interesting. I got um, I got a little letter telling me that I was a bad person. And I got this letter from USDA APHIS. You, you're familiar with USDA APHIS? Yes. Basically, the uh, U.S. is United States Department of Agriculture, and APHIS is the part of USDA that um, controls plants and foods coming into and out of the United States. Right. So I've got to tell you, this doing this show, not just this show, but my whole job, I deal with plants all the time, and we try and include in our in our botanical gardens some plants that are different and unique. And a lot of the ideas for plants that I want to bring in uh, come from my research for this show. Mm-hmm. So there were two plants that not too long ago I ordered. You may remember these shows. Um, one of them was uh, capers. Uh, the capers are doing great, by the way, and we'll probably put them out next year. We'll probably have another year of growing them uh, in the greenhouse to a good size. Then we'll put them in the, in the greenhouse. And we also uh, purchased some cloves. Now, the capers we purchased from a grower in the United States. There's not much issue there. But the cloves I actually purchased from a grower in Indonesia. And they shipped the cloves to us. Uh, the cloves were actually dead on arrival for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we received the cloves and uh, kept them just for a few days just to make sure that they were actually dead. They were actually dead. And then we um, destroyed them, which is our regular practice. Well, USDA APHIS uh, got a record of my ordering this. And cloves are actually a controlled plant. They actually need to be in quarantine for two years, not just any quarantine, USDA quarantine. So I was not allowed to just order these plants in. So the mistake that I made was that I made the assumption that if I ordered these plants from somewhere, they wouldn't ship them to me if they were controlled. Not true. They will ship them to you. But here's the part that I found kind of upsetting, because I I believe that these controls are in place for a purpose, and Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm glad that I was contacted and glad that the plants, you know, I, I believe in this, in this process. That said, I ordered the plants in June. I received them in early July. They contacted me in December. <laughs> in December. They're overwhelmed with paperwork. Well, it's true, obviously, but if there was anything on those plants, those plants that whatever that was on the plants, whatever disease or insect it was on the plants, would be out there in the environment right now. So that's, that's what I found most upsetting. Um, I'm confident that ha- didn't happen in, in our case, but at the same time, wow, wow. I mean, a person off the street, I mean, I have, I have degrees in entomology. I've done a lot of plant pathology. Again, I feel pretty confident, but somebody who didn't recognize some of the small signs um, might not have, you know, noticed something, might be growing that plant out and everything, and some disease may escape. Well, 
That's and, an interesting. Ahead. I wouldn't have thought it would take five months, but I, I understand. I do too. Um, it's, uh, you know, we talk about um, cutting budgets to different departments, and I absolutely think that that's necessary at times, but we need to remember that when we cut these budgets, there are going to be consequences. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, Obviously. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing else to say about that. Well then, this has been The Plants We Eat. If you have an idea for a plant for us to uh, do on this show, we really, really want to hear about it. And you can contact us at tpwepodcast at uncc.edu. Again, that's tpwepodcast at uncc.edu. Thank you so much for listening. It's been a production of UNC Charlotte Botanical Gardens, the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences, and the Isle Group here at UNC Charlotte. Again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to talking to you next week. 